0: Croeso, welcome to Recovery Now Radio, which is brought to you in conjunction with Adveriad Recovery and Living Room Cardiff. Adveriad Recovery is a registered charity offering specialist support to those with co-occurring substance misuse and mental health conditions. Living Room Cardiff provides ongoing support and aftercare as a community-based recovery centre that has an all addictions approach including gambling, alcohol, drugs both prescribed and illicit sex eating disorders gaming etc or any other harmful behaviour we welcome anyone who needs confidential support in taking those first important steps towards change and recovery family members and friends are also catered for for further details please see the Adveria recovery website www.adveria.org.uk and www livingroom-cardiff.com Dielenhauer Thank you so much
1: You can get See
2: that last you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you from the living room and at Veriad. You must be a
1: win and lose, you've got to get your share. Got your mind set on a dream. You can get it, don't it worry now. Like. You can
2: get it if you really. My name is Joe and I'm your presenter today. Welcome to Recovery Now Radio, coming to you from the living room and Adveriad. My name is Jo and our guest today is Josh. Welcome, Josh.
3: Hi, Jo. Thanks for having me.
2: Oh, you're absolutely welcome. It's my privilege. How are you today?
3: I'm doing very well. Thank you so much.
2: Excellent. Let's get straight into the music then. Your first song song choice sorry, is Floored Design by Below. Why did you choose this one?
3: Uh, so this song has been a favorite of mine since i was a young fella you know i used to like play it over and over and over again and i I love the way he's saying how and i actually identified with the guy you know his slow decline and from when he was younger and uh how he just kind of lied and then shut himself
2: off
4: excellent to get exactly what i wanted when i wanted it and i wanted it now i'm having trouble of my conscience hitting ground, yeah, and I will turn off, and I will shut down, The my girls are restless in my head.
2: That was "Floor Design" by Starblow. What a great song! You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. Josh, I wanted to ask you how your childhood was and how growing up was for you, if that's okay. But if you'd like to introduce yourself first to our guests, that's brilliant.
3: All right, sure. Uh, yeah, my name is Joshua, and I'm an alcoholic. Uh,
2: I'm 27 years old from Halifax, Nova
3: Scotia, Canada, and uh, my original hometown was from Calgary, Alberta. And, uh, yeah, no, my, uh, my childhood was, you know, it was, it was pretty normal for the most part. Like it's any other kind of family, right? There was always no, um, and season, like just, uh, you know, it's family, right? No one's perfect. And, you know, uh, I grew up in a household where I've not, I never saw my parents drink. I, uh, I saw them once and, uh, they were laughing and chuckling and yeah, it was just like that. And I wasn't supposed to even see that cause I was supposed to be in bed. And, uh, you know, so there wasn't a lot of alcohol, you know, around me in regards to my parents and stuff like that. I am a middle child of five. So I guess I, you could say I had that, that middle child syndrome, you know what I mean? Not getting enough attention. or yeah. But that's the way I saw things. You know, the way I saw things as a kid were a lot different than, you know, what reality actually was. And that's a pretty good segue into, you know, my young adult life and stuff like that. I just, I always um my feelings and stuff like that that were they were always um huge you know I I always felt off I felt different from everybody else the black sheep uh anxious I had a fear of not fitting in and you know it was just I I was a very shy kid I uh, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up and uh you know yeah so that's kind of uh you know, we, we moved we moved from uh, my hometown to a, a small island on the east coast of Canada, where drinking was very relevant at a young age. And uh, as soon as I moved there, I pretty much found found alcohol. And it was just like it's it took away every feeling of anxiousness and fear or insecurity that I had. And it was just like I had arrived. I was off. You know what I mean? That drink made me feel, you know, a thousand, a thousand pounds lighter. You know, I could move mountains. You know, I was just I I found it. I found that one thing that was going to uh, help me fit in with everybody else and for once feel accepted.
2: Sure. Um, You talked about being nervous and shy as a child and having a hard time expressing your feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at your brief that you gave to us earlier with having a hard time expressing your feelings and thoughts. How did you manage to do that? prior
3: to drinking um I I internalized a lot of things you know like I um I very rarely to um uh, express I couldn't express it was kind of just you know I, I kept all that stuff bottled in bottled in, bottled in kept quiet and just kind of tried to get through a day and you know I never really talked a lot about how I felt you know because I didn't really think it would be accepted or even worth the time to listen to that's just kind of what was going on in this young kid's head and just you didn't know, you know, when was a right or wrong time? And, you know, I, I got bullied a lot. And, you know, it was just, I, I just internalized everything.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll explore that a little bit more after your next song choice, which is Skin by Boy. Why did you choose this song?
3: So this song, um, it pretty much uh, fully encapsulates, like, how I felt um, surrounded by people and not craving in any kind of sort of love or affirmation outside of myself when I, uh, I couldn't stand the person I was when I drank. You know there's a there's a really good quote in there about a boy a young man and how he felt and it, it just totally that was exactly how i was feeling
5: mm-hmm.
6: for the night to ask her out to be somebody's dancer to get lost inside a crowd but there's no need to talk because the music is so loud Till a taxi drives her back into a morning full of doubts You can feel like part of something if you're part of the scene You can make your life look pretty, add a little ice and gin Wash off the makeup and prepare the aspirin Well, you can get out of this party just but you can get out of this His home is where his heart is, at the parties that he roams. He tells himself he can't be lonely, cause he's never on his own. But all the friends he makes at night, in the morning they are gone. And he's left with his four walls. something. If you're part of the scene, you can make your life look pretty. Add a little ice and gin. Wash off the makeup and prepare the aspirin. Well, you can get out of this party dress, but you can't get out of this skin. Ask her out to be somebody's dance sir you can feel like part of something if you're part of the scene. You can make your life look pretty at a little ice and gin. Wash off the makeup and prepare the aspirin. Well, you can get out of this party just where you can get out of feeling like you're part of something if you're part of the scene. You can make your life so pretty, add a little ice and tin. Wash off the makeup and prepare the aspirin. Oh, well, you can get out of this party dress, but you can't get out of this skin.
2: And that was "Skin" by Boy. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. So, Josh, we were talking a little bit about your childhood uh, previously. Could you talk us through your early years? of your drinking and what happened to you during those times
3: absolutely yeah so like once i found that drink you know like i started getting invited to parties and to uh like well uh, part drinking with people you know and uh, i started off and it was more of a social thing but like i, I secretly I, I really craved it and i i wanted to like that was just where i wanted to be on a friday saturday and a sunday So what started out as socially just ended up being like, you know, any chance I could get it. And, um, you know, it pretty much as soon as I picked up a drink, I realized that I couldn't even put it down. Like it was just like, I needed more of it as much as I can. You know, I I always made sure I had a way to have alcohol and, um, you know, it just, it just started to spiral downwards. You know, I was blacking out. I was making a complete and utter fool of myself. I, um, and I tried to surround myself with people that, uh, or too drunk to remember honestly that's how I tried to deal with it and uh, you know pretty much as soon as you know I turned 19 and I started in the workforce and I got a trade and eventually I uh, I had more money to afford my uh, my booze I would uh, I'd do five five day circle cycles of drinking I would literally I'd be at three different bars from Wednesday Thursday and Friday and then Saturday I was at the clubs and then Sunday, I was drinking at home, and then literally, I had like two days to break, and I did that for quite a quite a long while, and uh, it uh, it took a toll on my my work and um, and all that kind of stuff. So like I was bar hopping, house parties, and uh, eventually it just came to a point where I was I moved out on my own to try to get away from my family and be able to focus uh, squarely on my uh, my drinking career. So you know, that was my sense of independence, getting away from them and then being able to drink while I wanted to, because drinking was the most important part of my life. You know, it's how I felt me, you know, it's how I could be my unique self. So I thought.
2: Yeah. And you talked a little bit about it affecting your work. Were you able to hold on a job at that stage?
3: I was, yeah. Um, So I started off with just a small restaurant job and I was able to show up. Uh, I was hungover most of the time. Nobody really seemed to like Care as much I, I try to keep a good job of hiding it or you know just try my best to uh, still be functional and uh, when I got into my trade I got a job in my trade after schooling I would drink on the weekends and sometimes on that Monday I was so hungover, or I had done something the night before that I couldn't even begin to think about doing my job I would create up lies and excuses as to why I couldn't go in and um, you know none were really the wiser so I was getting away with it, is, is what I wanted to mm. say. I was I was trying, most of my energy was going into keeping my, my drinking a secret and um, trying not to get fired.
2: Well, let's listen to another piece of music of yours now. It's called Little Lion Man by Mumford & Sons. What inspires you with this song then?
3: So, yeah, like I... Uh... Mumford & Sons have always been huge for me. I love their music. I love the way they sing. It's very, um, it was common to me, you know what I mean? So even in my height of my addiction, I used to play the song and just try to make myself feel like things aren't as bad as they are. And try to, yeah, that's, yeah, I love their music.
2: Excellent.
7: and it was your heart on the line. I really f- it up this time. Deny my dear. Deny my dear. Tremble for yourself, my man. You know that you have seen this all before. Tremble, little lion man You'll never settle any of your scores Your grace is wasted in your face Your boldness stands alone among the wreck Now learn from your mother Or spend your days biting your own neck But it was not your fault but mine And it was your heart on the line I risked it up this time deny my dear
2: Little Lion Man by Mumford & Sons, you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together. Josh, we were talking about the early years of your drinking earlier, could you describe to us some of the consequences of your drinking a little later on?
3: Absolutely, yeah, so um, I had pretty much, when I was doing that cycle of drinking and uh, young partying, I pretty much put myself in a lot of debt, and an opportunity came for me to move back out west to where I was originally from, to uh, a money-centred oil town. And I was that was like my ticket, right? I was gonna I was gonna get better, I wasn't gonna drink as much, I was gonna make a bunch of money, make my parents proud, et cetera, et cetera. I went out there and I had I lost the job within three months. I had a DUI, I was completely isolated out there, started drinking to excess to deal with the fact that I had just lost my license and I, I went to a huge state of depression with that. And um, you know, it just it pretty much started my inevitable downward spiral that lasted for quite a few years. And you know, I, I lost my integrity, I lost my self respect. And I literally had to drink to deal with those feelings. It no longer became like a recreational thing. It was like I needed to consume it. So I couldn't feel how I was actually feeling. And uh, like, I was pretty much on a diet of uh, rice and water and craft dinner for, for a couple of years, because that was all I could afford to sustain my drinking and how much I was actually drinking, you know, it became my everything. And the only thing I ever I had yeah so like I eventually lost my second job I had a second job for a long time and a, a kind man took me in and gave me a job and I worked my butt off to, um, to keep this job and to drink at the same time and uh, gave me a lot of chances and eventually that even became too much and he had to lay me off because of my drinking he told me to pretty much get out of town <laughs> you're, you're gonna kill yourself so I eventually I went back to live with my sister who lives in Calgary and I of course me being a liar didn't tell her the exact circumstances of my layoff and I was pretty much drinking as soon as I got off the plane there and um, you know it just it that completely spiraled out I was doing drugs as long with with drinking and you know eventually it came to the point where I was in Calgary with my sister I was unemployable I had uh, I taken a hostage as we call it I started seeing this girl and it was completely a toxic relationship, mostly on my part. And, you know, I tried to suppress my drinking so no one could know. But eventually it just, you know, it inevitably bubbled up. And that was a, that was a very low point in my life, you know.
2: Yeah. So you basically did a geographical then. And yeah. you mentioned um, other substances as well as the drinking. How did that affect you?
3: Honestly, I, uh, I, I started taking drugs to prolonged my 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 buzz my alcoholism like i could drink longer if i was uh, i was high and you know i it's it, it, it prolonged it you know i could drink yeah. longer so that that yeah. i use that as a uh, as a catalyst
2: to keep yeah. drinking so i guess if you're not eating good food and you're only drinking and taking drugs you're not in a very good state and uh were you working at this time or had you lost all your jobs by then
3: I was I was going back and forth with the previous employer just because like I um, I lied to him and I told him I was doing better and he took me back and I was doing a two week on one week off and I'd pretty much stay up there drinking secret and then when I came back to Calgary I was pretty much just like nothing was going nothing was wrong I was I was keeping my thing I I started drinking more out in the open and in front of my girlfriend and it was just you know it, it reached a boiling point for sure
2: yeah so drinking in secret at this stage then.
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it even, it even came to when I, uh, I hit my bottom and I remember just feeling like I still had lost my license. I was ready to lose this next job. I had and my family were lied to forever and they didn't know there was a problem. And I just I, I wanted to end my life and I made an attempt to do so. And I was on a, uh, about my balcony, 19 stories up in Calgary, facing the beautiful city of Calgary. And I, I wanted to fall forward and just end it and uh that didn't happen thankfully you know um i was intervened and i was stopped from doing so but you know that was that was my lowest point and that's when i had to i I finally realized that alcohol is my problem and i need to do something about it or else i was going to die
2: well with your permission we'll talk about a little more about that in a second but i'm just going to introduce your next song now which is murder in the city by the Everett brothers why did you choose this one
3: So as morbid as it sounds, this song
2: pretty much perfectly entailed what my suicide note would be to my
5: parents.
3: When I was to take my own life, you know, it was, uh, I love my family to death. And the fact that I had lied to them and kept them in the dark about a lot of things really affected me so much. And it was just, this is what I want them to know.
8: If I get murdered in the city, don't go revenging in my name person dead from such as plenty no need to go get locked away when i leave your arms the things that i think of no need to get over alarm i'm coming home Which brother is better Which one our parents love most I sure did get in lots of trouble They seemed to let the other go A tear fell from my father's eyes I wondered what my dad would say He said I love you and I'm proud of you both in so many different ways. If I get murdered in the city, go read the letter in my desk. Don't bother with all my belongings, but pay attention to the list. Make sure my sister knows I loved her, make sure my mother knows the same. Always remember there was nothing worth sharing like the love that let us share our name always remember there was nothing worth sharing like the love that let us share our name
2: Was Murder in the City by the Evert Brothers. Uh, you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together. Josh, I was um God, I was really taken aback by what we were talking about just now and listening to that song afterwards. And I know it's going to be quite difficult for you, but with your permission, are you able to talk us through what happened on that day when you got to the jumping off point and what happened shortly afterwards?
3: it was pretty much just a, a regular day for me. I, I started drinking. A friend of mine came over with a six pack. We split it. And of course me having that one, two, three, I was not enough. So I, I told the, the, my girlfriend that I was heading over to the, uh, to the, the pub with my buddy and we were going to have a couple of drinks, have some things. And I bring her home supper. And I remember um, going to the pub and eventually my friend left and I stayed like I usually do. And I stayed and, drinking i kept drinking and then next thing i knew it was almost three o'clock in the morning and um i just i went home and i was just so angry and just so upset and so just done i was just done like, how did this happen again i did it again you know i was just years and years and years and years and years of telling yourself that you're going to do things differently and you're not going to do this again and then next thing you know you're I'm, I'm pounding my fist off the bar closing time and they're all like are you all right no I'm not and I'm just like I I can't do this I went home and I started fights and I I I did a lot of things I'm ashamed of and I eventually just said no that's it I can't I can't keep doing this to people I can't keep doing this to myself I just it's so much easier I was just not be around anymore and then that's pretty much what brought me to that point and I was ripped off the ledge and I immediately went I me and my sister lived in the same building at the time and I, I went up and I passed out in front of her, her door and she seen me and she had known what had transpired that night and she looked at me and I love my sister to death, my oldest sister, she's, I love both the sisters but like I was living with her and she only cared so much about me and she looked at me and dead in the face and said, you have become a monster. And that hit, that landed and I was like, okay, I'll do something, I'll do anything. I don't want to be this way anymore i hate myself and um i uh i found um i i went and i found recovery that night i called some numbers and i got in touch with a uh, a fellowship of people that uh work to recover from alcoholism and i i went there for the very first meeting and they it was it was it was game changing they 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 told my stories they they welcomed me in. They, they made me a coffee and, you know, they told me I wasn't alone anymore. And that was probably the first time in my life I ever heard those words said. And it was from a complete stranger. And I left and I was just like, it was weird. I was on the C train in Calgary and I just remember being on this, this train and I had a piece of the literature they gave me in my arms and there was a uh, drunken disorderly man running amok on the train. And I, I remember looking over at him and just being like, oh God, like that's going to be me if I don't, if I don't take this seriously. And, um, you know, it was just a, it was a truly powerful moment. And I just kept going. I just kept going, I kept going, I kept going. And then, you know, the people there encouraged me and they, 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 they helped me and they loved me when I couldn't love myself. You know, I eventually had to, um, leave town. I had to go back up for the job and I was honest with my employer as to what I was doing and what I was attempting and he was very supportive and, uh, my relationship ended. And I, uh, I moved back up there and I I spent three months there in recovery, uh, back in that oil city. And that was a completely revolutionary time. I got in touch with the same people up there that had helped me in Calgary. And it was just, they took me in, they taught me a bunch of things and uh, they never once told me what to do. They suggested it. Now I had to do was follow some suggestions that were totally different than what I would have attempted before. And, you know, I, I found a solution, you know, a spiritual solution and, you know, it's been it's been a ride.
5: <laughs>
3: it's been a ride. So um, yeah.
2: Well, we'll talk we'll talk a bit more about what happened to you afterwards when you found the fellowship that was helping you after your next song. But I just want to tell you, Josh, I've known you for a year now and I love you too, buddy. <laughs> okay. Love you, your next piece of music is Take Me Up by Coleman Hal. <laughs> What's with this song then?
3: All right, so this is uh, this is probably my very first uh, recovery Pink Cloud song. So it's, uh, it just, you know, it was, that felt, it just, it was a, yeah. My hike back up the mountain, I guess I could say. I was starting to be in recovery. I was starting to uh, get some things back that I had previously lost and some more of my dignity and, you know, things were just working.
2: Excellent. take me up by Coleman Hal. you're listening to recovery now radio let's recover together a real change of mood there josh what Absolutely. a song <laughs> yeah that coincides i guess with the early early years of your recovery can you talk us through that
3: Absolutely. With pleasure. So, um, I haven't had to have a drink since that very first meeting. Um, and that is only because of, you know, uh, working the program they offered me and, um, you know, it was, it was, um, it was just like nothing could go wrong. <laughs> honest to God, you know, like I was, I was practicing, I was working on myself. I was getting down to the core, um, problems of my uh, addiction, you know, which was, you know, just being centered in all that fear. uh, Insecurities, uh, deceit. And, you know, it was just it was the first time in my life I ever looked at those kind of things and how they related to me in uh, in my addiction. And I just I kept following suggestions. I kept doing what was asked of me. And, you know, I, uh, I actually had this moment. I was uh, I was out on a kayak in this river up in that oil town where I used to look at that was disgusting. I hated every part of it. It was the reason I drank is what I used to say. And I remember being on there and three months sober and just having laying back on this kayak and just literally all those noises, all of those hateful things and that self depreciating things I would think to myself just went completely silent. And I just remember like feelings started coming back to me and, you know, starting to hear sounds and then all these things. And then eventually I opened my eyes and I realized that I was doing something totally unlike anything I was ever doing and I was sober doing it you know it was the longest time I had in and I was just like oh my god thank you what, whatever whatever thank you so much like I was just I was awestruck and you know I knew that this was this was what I've always looked for even as a kid you know um, just being able to be me and I kept working I moved a couple more times I went back to my hometown. And staying with my mom, and that was a beautiful experience, getting to reconnect with the family that I had lied to for all those years, and just being honest with them and having them support me with every fiber of their being. And I grew a lot in those couple months. And Eventually, another job opportunity happened for me up here in Halifax, and I took it, and, you know, that's when I really went back out on my own in the right way. You know, I had a new head on my shoulders. I had new missions. I had new, I had a new solution with me. And things just started coming back to me. Like I, st- I got my license back. I, um, I can, I, I rent an apartment now that I can, I can afford and I can pay for, and I pay my bills on time. <laughs> and <laughs> which was, which was not what I used to do. I can tell you that I used to run right as a runner and I wasn't. So yeah, I just, things were just happening. And then of course, you know, I, uh, real life started happening again, right? Like adversities and stuff like that. But I had a way to handle that now, I have like a way to, Interpret things in a more reality standpoint and be able to make conscious and decisions with some help, of course. You know, I've been told that you know I, my original thoughts can sometimes be the wrong ones, so I I always uh, run it through a few people. And you know, it's just life is like today. I'm I'm living life on life's terms, and you know, I um, I just celebrated four years of sobriety, and you Woo-hoo. know. That's it. Oh, it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was, it was this, this larger picture that I'm a part of. And, you know, so by doing the work on myself, I've been able to get down to the core and change my behaviors, right? And I, I, I became accountable for my actions today, you know, and, and I've made mistakes. I, I've made a lot of mistakes in recovery, and, but I've learned from them this time. You know, I know how my behaviors are, are linked to my, to, to my actions, and I actually have that bridge today. You know, and I think of others before I think of myself. And you know, it's it's been it's been an amazing, amazing journey, and uh, but it also has some hardships for sure.
2: Do you know what, Josh? That was such a beautiful, beautiful thing. I, I've got a visual image of you on this kayak and just waking up to life and the sounds around you, the nature, and it and then the time you spent with your mother afterwards. It, it's it's like a, a a story from a prince, it really is. I, I really enjoyed listening to that. We're going to move on to your next song just briefly, though. It's called Mortal Man by Jeremy Loops. Tell me about this one.
3: So uh, this is a song that uh, makes the hairs kind of stand up on my skin. You know what I mean? It just kind of proves to me that I'm just, you know, I'm one of many. And, you know, how how fragile and how how life, life is. I've lost a lot of friends on this recovery journey that, uh, unfortunately, they just couldn't. Pull through, and this song helps me think of them and to uh, just keep, keep being a help. Fire of a
9: warning. The delight was rearranged. Stick your head out. Count on me when you're falling down. Don't give up what we got now. He's calling. Count on me when you're falling down. And just stop giving what you can't give now. I hear you going, and she said, hold my hand, nothing I will change, the mortal man, mortal man, the Stepped out in the morning, holding tight beneath the shade. We stuck our heads out and fired off a warning to fly out in the night. Keep your head out to the calling. If you make it with your hands, you will better understand. So keep your feet out. The calling, and if we take a stand and sever all our plans, she said, Hold my head. Nothing I will change the mortal man, mortal man. Ma
2: Was Mortal Man by Jeremy Loops. So you're listening to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. I am loving your soundtrack, Josh. A lot of these songs I haven't heard, but I will definitely be listening to them again. We were talking about adversities and you losing some people in recovery. Can you tell me how you use your program of recovery to get through these things now, Josh?
3: Uh, that's a good question. So Usually, whenever I'm faced with something that's going on in my life, um, a big thing I've learned is that I'm not alone, that there's other people that go through the same things and that, you know, I can always um, ask for help to deal with those things, right? I don't, I, I trust others today. Um, you know, I don't know anything, everything really, um, but I know an infinis- an, an, inf- an infinitely source of information that I can withdraw from from people's experiences and stories that I can use and you know people that pass away to me they never truly leave they've made an impact on me in my life and you know I can carry them with me you know you know by doing the work uh, that I've done on myself right like I I know I've I've cleared up a lot of the wreckage of my past as we could say you know I still have a long road ahead of me Uh, I'm only 27 years old you know, I have a lot of life to live, and you know, j- just trying to get out of my head is what I try to do because you know, my head's my head's a big enemy of mine if I let it. But I have a program to think for that today. You know, um, I can just I keep doing work, I keep helping others, I keep focusing on others other than myself, and usually, you know, that 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 helps it helps me a lot. And um, it all started with that surrender. You know that. Okay you know, I'm powerless over people, places and things, and that, you know, life is going to keep happening.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the word trust. That is a huge issue for uh, people like us, isn't it?
5: Mm -hmm.
3: Well, like I, I I grew up to, you know, you know, keep your, uh, you know, be quiet, you know, don't, don't let people know how you're feeling, that kind of attitude, right? So for me to just totally it was easier for me when I was drunk or when I was high to, 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 to ramble on. Right. But now whenever I speak, you know, it, it has purpose and I know what I'm looking for when uh, I look for friends and family and relationships today, you know, things that, you know, people I can trust. I've be, I've become more, you know, in tune with that kind of sense. Right. So I trust easy, but you know, I, um, you know, I, I know, I know my boundaries today and when I can or cannot trust somebody and you know, I just surround myself yeah. with the winners, I guess, as I say, you know. The winners, um, yeah. The winners, Absolutely. yeah. But um, they
2: say to go with your heart, but take your brain with you, don't they?
3: Yes, that's for sure. That is for sure.
2: Moving on to your penultimate song, then it's called "Saturday Sun" by Van Joy. I don't know this song either. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic, like the rest of them. Tell me why you chose it. Uh, the song makes
3: me smile. The song is, um, like, it just kind of encapsulates the joys in my life and, you know, when I'm not running my own show and just being present, you know, I'm originally from the West Coast and uh, so is my girlfriend. So we just, you know, it's just shows me that there's no such thing in life as coincidences. And, yeah, it makes me happy. No ray of
10: of sleeping alone so tired of eating alone i need to ask her what's going on are we going strong she felt like resting her head my shoulder was the perfect height we fit so right so what's going on cause i've been undone the long drive the coastline looking at a first light am i still on her mind i've been undone Put the breeze in my head, No kiss was softer, softer than this I'm reading her lips Oh, each line I read She left her books in my bed To get back I can't let this go oh, Saturday Sun I met someone don't care what it costs no ray of sunlight ever
2: saturday sun by van joy you're listening to recovery now radio let's recover together and we do recover don't we josh absolutely
3: <laughs> that's right
2: do you know what i i want to know now what is in store for you next josh what does life look like now and what's coming up next
3: i like that question um honestly just keep working uh working on my life the way I have been right with, uh, with the program I have and with um, the friends and family and loved ones that I've I've retained and even gained in recovery right like I want to be of maximum service to people and to um, to help them and give them some of the hope that was so freely given to me you know because that's I never had any of that when I was in active addiction I had no hope I was hopeless you know, but today I have some hope, I get to wake up every morning with a with breath in my lungs and a, a clean conscious and breathing a sober air. So, you know, that's, that's what I want for others, you know, as long as I can try to, you know, think of others before myself and to give away what's so freely given to me. I think that's, you know, just, just doing more for others would be what I'm striving for now. And, you know, I'm currently in school trying to finish my uh, my, uh, my Red Seal trade, which I, uh, it's taken me a while. It's taken me a little while, but I'm finally making progress with it. And things in my life are completely and utterly different from what they used to be. And night and day, you know, I, I'm happy today. I love myself today. I love others today. I couldn't do that before. You know, I can't transmit something I just don't got. And today I have that because of recovery and because of what it's done for me. You know, I'm—I just, I just had this thought there. I, uh, you know, a, a man did die on that ledge back in Calgary four years ago. You know, a new man was born afterwards, finding recovery. And today I, I got a beautiful place with a view, and I'm looking out over a bunch of people kayaking. And I think that is just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, you know, I wanna—I wanna lift people up. I don't want to be a negative person today. I want to be who, you know, the young little Josh always wanted to be a caring, loving, considerate man. And I'm getting closer to that every single day. I keep sticking with what I'm doing. And, you know, I want to say if anybody out there is, is reaching out and is, is hopeless, you know, there is hope. My God, there is, you know, I, I love, I love life today. It's, I can't even speak about how grateful I am to find this program to find, you know, to find all of you and to, uh, recover together as you guys so eloquently put you know yeah. i just i can't i can't say any more about just you know the joys i feel
2: josh you're gonna make me cry <laughs> you are a true inspiration to me and i mean that from the bottom of my heart you are it, it is so refreshing you're a young man in recovery it, it is just lovely to watch you and you speak with such wisdom i've, I've got to send your age and he, he doesn't talk like you. <laughs> it's, you know what, you it is an absolute honour and a privilege to have gotten to know you over this past year. And for you to come in today and speak to us like this, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And before we go, I just want to thank the listeners for tuning in. I want to encourage people to like, comment, share, Subscribe to Mixcloud, that's the important thing guys. Subscribe so you can hear all of our stories, just like Josh's today. I want to also thank The Living Room and Adveriad for enabling us to put on this radio station. And your final song, Josh, is A Brand New Day by Trevor Hall. It sounds very apt, tell me about it.
3: Uh, just before we go, I want to thank the listeners and to say, you know, I don't know you, but I love yous, keep, keep strong. Um, Brand new day. This is a song I got when I first got in recovery too, and it's just, it's it's my song. Any day's a brand new day if I can keep sober and keep doing what I'm doing, you know. And it's just, it puts me in that right plane. I'm full of gratitude, and the song helps me to uh, eternalize that. So,
9: thank you so much.
1: Love you, Josh. Me too. Shake the dust off your hands And come run free on this land If you wanna survive Ah, ah, ah. It's time to wake up and sing It's time to wake up and sing It's time to wake up and sing Arise. Raise your hands to the sky. I tell your mama's alive. Lift up your love to the sky. The sky, don't question why the strength is of another kind. Don't look around, just look inside. Ain't no lie and never die. So we're gonna win.